Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. All right. Uh, today is September 29th, uh, and this is Lucas Peters filling in for Mike Miner on the Professional Egg Marketing Podcast. And today I have Lucas Wells uh, joining me. How are we doing today, Luke? Oh, really good. Glad to be here with you, bud. Well, good. Uh, so we're heading into a uh, last weekend in September. Or October 1st will be Sunday. Uh, going into a harvest weekend. Weather looks pretty hot and dry for a lot of us. Uh, I know there's some storms going across South Dakota and northern Minnesota right now and chance for later today. But uh, temperatures are going to be up in the 80s and 90s. Uh, should uh, finally dry out some soybeans and get soybean harvest rolling pretty well. And, you know, the talk this week on a few beans that have come out and some corn getting combined, you know, I, I'm going to say, Luke, generally the feeling is yields are better than expected. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Now, if you would have asked me that a week ago, I mean, just variable, right? Like, uh, continue to get that. But this week, as people got into a little more, I, I have to really agree that they were kind of pleasantly surprised. So we'll see, uh, right? But yeah, and that's as, as harvest progresses, well, the, the picture kind of fills in. But, you know, I, I think better than expected in the guys, okay, if you're in a droughty area, maybe you were expecting 150 and you're getting 170. If you're in a good area, maybe you were expecting 210 and you're getting 230 uh, on corn. And, and soybeans, pretty pleasantly surprised overall. Uh, talking to some guys in South Dakota this week where harvest is probably a little further along than it is locally here in southern Minnesota. Um, a lot of their bean yields are, are upper 40s, pushing 50s in areas where, uh, you know, they're pretty significantly dry and showing up on the drought monitor most of the summer. So, uh, yeah, overall trending in the right direction for yield, uh, for profitability for the farmers. So hopefully uh, that trend continues and, and yields uh, keep going up. Uh, Moving now, just a little bit east, I, I had some clients in Illinois suggesting uh, better yields too, just to put a, a few more numbers out there. And I, I had one client that they got into their first field, and it was some of their better dirt, but uh, 190 acres and did 270. I mean, which was which was a record in their, in their history, right? <laughs> Way above their APH. But they were they were sitting. Now they don't expect all their stuff to no. do that, right? But that's but, a pretty but that's, good way to start, right? Yeah, and you want your best dirt to do really well, and that's really really well. So. And, and we heard that through other Illinois clients too. Not yep. not that type of number, but yep. good stuff. And and then Ohio, right? They're probably they're, they're still a bit out, right? That corn needs another couple of weeks, would you say, as you get a little further in the eastern corn belt? Yeah, so if you think back to planting season, the two states that were behind uh, planting were Ohio and North Dakota, right? So Ohio uh, being delayed on planting and, you know, pretty good moisture all year. Um, you know, playing catch up on heat units, so everything's going to be delayed a little bit further than it is you know, just to the east of them. And, and in North Dakota, kind of the same way, although I know bean harvest has picked up and uh, sugar beet harvest is kicking off. So they probably aren't uh, that far behind a, a normal kickoff. Uh, I know the wheat was delayed with some uh, kind of crappy August weather for wheat harvest. But uh, yeah, so again, we'll after this week, I would really expect harvest to be, you know, kind of full bore locally. 
um, and kind of all the way across the Corn Belt, north, south, east, west. And uh, with that note, hopefully everybody that is harvesting is safe and uh, has a successful harvest out there uh, going forward. Um, today we did have a, a grain quarterly grain stocks report uh, come out from uh, USDA. Um, numbers on the corn, soybeans, and wheat. Corn came in a little bit uh, uh, lower than expected, right, Luke? So uh, we had uh, corn stocks. Uh, I'm trying to find the numbers here. Um, I got them pulled up. If yeah, I want why don't you uh, fire them, so, me off? My yeah, so corn, corn, uh, uh, corn carry out one three six one billion bushels, which average trade estimate was one four two nine. So so below, but slightly below where we at in USDA in September. Uh, in September one three seven seven. So a slight drawback in that, not a big change, but on the low end of trade expectations. Um, soybeans, kind of a similar story. They came in at 268 million. Uh, at average estimate, they were better than that was 242. So bested that a little bit. Probably why the beans took it a little harder right today. Um, and then uh, uh, on September it was 274. So just a slight draw down there, but not as much as expected. And and then we came in at a, kind of a macro level, uh, real similar 178 versus 177, and and real close to trade estimate um, as well. But there was another small grains report. I didn't dive into that today as much, Lucas. But I I don't know if you looked at that. But the wheat the wheat market was down super hard. I mean, we had wheat down. 37 cents in, in, in wheat in the Dease contract today. And that probably the weakness in the small grains plus just weakness overall brought uh, everything down a little bit harder than maybe it should have. I mean, the corn number wouldn't suggest it. Corn should be, December corn should be down 10. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so probably a little bit of just a general commodity sell-off today. And also the fact that everybody's a little nervous or questioning what a potential government shutdown is going to do uh, here this weekend and how that's going to affect markets. Uh, any take on that, Luke? What do you think? Yeah, I think that 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 in itself, um, and plus a, a good, pretty clear week for harvest did mm. did drag these down. And like we said, thirty seven lower in the D suite at five forty one, corn down eleven and three quarter, four seventy six and three quarter on the D corn, and and no beans down twenty five and a half at twelve seventy five. So, yeah, I think just a little risk off risk off attitude there, and I. I sure hope the government can uh, get her done and, and keep keep rolling, but it, you know, I, I guess we've been down to the final hours before, <laughs> right? But it, it it does seem like we, uh, yeah, we might have that shut down. And then for how long is the question, yeah. right? For how yep. long is the question? Yep. And so, you know, that's going to be, there's going to be a lot of questions that come out uh, uh, of this, of uh, if the government would shut down on what's going to happen. Um, just you know, for a little bit perspective, uh, since uh, we do insurance, and I'm the insurance guy, you're going to get stuck listening to a little insurance talk. But uh, you know, government, uh, their crop insurance is a government subsidized insurance. So uh, an LRP, LGM, DRP, those livestock insurances probably will not be available if the government is shut down. So something to keep in mind um, it, going forward. Um, once the government opens up, of course, everything will be ready to roll again. But a lot of those agencies are still kind of sitting back waiting to hear if the government shuts down, if their uh, agency or department will be affected by it. So we'll get a lot more clarity once we figure out, uh, I guess we get past midnight on Saturday and starting into next week. And generally, uh, as the deadline gets closer, conversations start picking up on how we're going to figure this out. So... 
So yeah, with all that said, uh, a lot of going on, and then yesterday we had a uh, hog and pig report uh, come out, Luke, and and I guess after uh, the report, uh, what do you think? Yeah, but bearish bearish report, and, and the market traded that today. Uh, you know, now we we did have some some strength yesterday. We were about two seventy five yesterday, so that that kind of set it up to fail if the numbers <laughs> didn't come out friendly, right? But but limit down today. Um, hog limits they're, they're now three seventy five. September one they switched. They were four seventy five before. So we as hog producers are glad that they can only go down <laughs> three seventy five today. But we we locked limit down first in Dece and it had a pretty big build up there, um, and and that just kind of drug the others lower. So I think that's what pulled October lower down three seventy five and Feb down three fifteen and and even out to the summer down a dollar seventy two. So. So yeah, rough day, and, and we'll kind of jump into the numbers and 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 look at this, and and it's it's it is an interesting report. We've, you know, we've we've obviously had a really tough kind of financial run here for at least eighteen months, if if not two years in this in this hog complex. But it is a, you know, there's a big investment into this, and it's it's a just like all our farmers out there, it's a it's a big you know a group of survivors, right? So, you know, it's just kind of. You know, and not an easy way and a hard way because it's never easy to liquidate your business, right? But we, we've kind of proven we're going to definitely do this the hard way and, mm-hmm. and survival of the fittest, right? So we, you know, we kind of came into the report, and you're going to have to trust me on this, Lucas, because, <laughs> cause, uh, you know, I'm going to say what we thought and what happened, right? But we, you know, by looking at slaughter data, we, we expected about a percent and a half less sows. I mean, that's, we, we didn't, we looked for that at least, and, and, um, and, uh, you know, would, would, you know, didn't, didn't see like we had a lot more of that come through yet. And, and we didn't quite get that kept for breeding came in at 98.8, you know, so that's 1.2% less sows. Um, not that far from the estimate. And, and for those people that, you know, all these hog guys are into it, but others that are learning about the hog and pig, it's kind of about the report from variants. It's no different than a grain report, right? Um, but the pre-report estimate I kept for breeding was 98.6. So two tenths percent higher there, not a big variant. So that wasn't the shocker. Um, but, uh, and we've, what we were fearful of and, and, and more than most reports, um, the pigs per litter is what got a lot of attention, and that's a proxy of, of productivity. And, and, you know, especially for those listeners that listen to our hog market podcast, I mean, we've talked about how wean pigs have been really cheap um, for, for since basically last, last May, last April, longer than they should have been. And, and just sow farms have been really productive. Health has been good, and we've been able to experience good genetic potential, and we've we've just been kicking out a lot of production. So the pre-report estimate on the pigs per litter was was basically 102, is 1019, two percent more, which we kind of felt was right. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was probably the biggest shocker in the report, is it it came out at, at 104, 104 percent, and I you know now I'm saying I I wasn't looking for four yep. percent. I was I was thinking two was right in line, but that that picked up on that extra extra production and that so that made our our heavy, our, our market weight categories kind of heavy um so the 180 and over pigs that you know everything at 100 percent or more they were at 100.6 the 120 to 180 is 100.7 um and those didn't vary a lot four tenths and seven tenths from pre-report estimate but you know, we were all kind of holding on faith as you get into this these Q1 pigs that maybe, especially as you got a little closer into April, we'd see a little reprieve. Um, and, and, and pre-report estimates had the 50 to 190s at 99.5%. 
and the under 50s at, at 98.5%. So it was versus, you know, like I said, around 100 for the others. And those were probably the next two kind of surprises of the report. I think it's a little bit of proxy of this productivity, but we came in at 100.4 on the 50 to 190, 9.10, so basically a percent overestimate, uh, and 100.1 which that estimate was at 98.5, so 1.6% overestimate. So those were, those were kind of big deals, and it also it just solidifies. And we've, we've been really on the defensive here, especially Q4 and Q1, and, and that's not new to our listeners, but we've got a fair bit of inventory coming at us and not a lot of reprieve, at least kind of you know in that period, Lucas. Um, as we look forward a little bit into farrowing intentions, and, and you know, we got to, you know, farrowing intentions are always – always just a little bit taken with a grain of salt, but uh, they were down in the 98.6 and then 96.3 kind of numbers. So it, it, it may shows. And we, we do think that, you know, we've, we've, you know, this report might've pushed some systems over the edge. Cause like I said, it's, it's, it's been tough and, and it's not been profitable and there's, there's not profit on the board till next summer. And, and this report sure didn't give you a lot of hope at least from a supply side, there's going to be profit in the next two quarters. So um, we think liquidation is probably going to slowly continue to grind out. And and then the whole productivity thing, we're on a really good run of health. But, you know, if you know, all those people in the pick industry is as we get into these cool, colder weathers and it kind of is PERS likes to jump around. Yep. So this, you know, later October, November, December, historically is our classic, you know, worst PERS season, which means, you know, is why we usually have less pigs in the summer. So, you know, we, we think we'll keep moving this hog market down, uh, the cap for breeding. We're not sure we can sustain this 104%. I mean, it, it's just hard to keep health running that good that long, especially kind of as you look at the purse season ahead of us. So, so it could get us into a better spot next summer. But, you know, the challenge for all of us is next summer. Heck, it's just the end of this summer, right? So. That's a long ways away, Luke. So one question I do have for a quick follow-up on that. So what – when when you compare say these numbers on what the the report came in at versus estimate, what do you think is a, a significant move in Luke Wells' opinion? A, a difference, right? Because you yeah. say like some are one percent, and then one point four is a big one. What's significant percentage in yeah. a hog and pig yeah. report? Well, I think yeah, two things is is one like I said, the variance to pre report estimate, and mm. if you're one percent, two percent off estimate, that's a big deal. Yep, I'd say from a sheer supply side, I mean like. Five percent less cattle. We've seen what that you know what that can do to cattle yep. prices, right? So we needed to have you know we needed to probably two to three percent less breeding to to kind of really start to make a dent in that one. And you know one one point two percent less when your productivity jumped by four. That's a yep. kind of a rough proxy, right? But gotcha. Um, yeah, we just we haven't we haven't shrinked the breeding herd enough yet relative to I guess the the demand structure we currently have. Yep, and and that's the other. And I know we're running out of time, so I'm gonna we got as cut, much time as you want. Cut, cut her short, but that that's the tough thing out here is we we do have a lower cost corn crop coming at us. Yep. How low cost? I mean, to be determined. And there's still going to be basis fights. I mean, oil did oil where did oil settle? It's been on a tear all week. I'll just pull that up here quick. Uh, not on its highs, but still over ninety bucks, right? So ethanol margins are great. Ethanol mm-hmm. bids are going to be strong. You know, globally, we're we're not adding sows anywhere, right? And and we know the beef herd just is where it's at. So yep. there's there's like this 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 prize at the end of the tunnel, right, to get there. But you know, it's it's so we you know that's why people are holding on. But uh, yeah, it, unfortunately, we we got another pretty tough six months. I I think here in the pork industry, Lucas. So 
I don't want to end it on a on a very sour note like that, Luke. Like, are Hogs ever going to trade higher again? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. We were we were limit down today, and I I, I don't you know I had clients. Is it going to be limit down Monday? And and it could be. I mean, it's, yeah. it, everybody has a right, but I you know we kind of took off what we gained, and we you know I think we I I hope that we traded the hog and pig report out today and kind of reset. And then we go back to trading fundamentals. Yep. Now, unfortunately we haven't even talked about fundamentals products, a little weak. That's not unseasonably normal, but we're, we're trending that we'll see where this afternoon's numbers come in, but maybe a little closer to mid 90 than upper nineties. Um, cash was soft this week, Lucas, probably two to three bucks lower on the week. Uh, so, so we're, you know, fundamentals are going to become the front again, though, because yep. we, we kind of reset these supplies and, and then demand. So you want to end in a good note. Um, you know, we, we do have good domestic demand. I mean, we've got, you know, at the end of September here, we've got cut out in the upper nineties. That's a, that's a good number. Um, and, and exports they're you know, year to date about 17, 18% higher. And again, we, I think we continue to look kind of good on the export market. So, you know, those things are a plus we, you know, we've just got to get into this lower cost of corn and, and, and lower cost of, of gain. And, and then, you know, probably get into a few less pigs, but you know, the hog and pig said that's, that's not in the next couple months. Yep. So we got that behind us and we'll start focusing, uh, going forward. And with that, I think we'll wrap it up, Luke. Thanks for, uh, joining us, uh, today and talking about the hog and pig report and everybody out there have a great weekend and a safe harvest and take care. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionaleggmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.